Hello, Baruch Shalom Aleichem. We're continuing our series, which is a glossary of words. We'll explain them a little bit to the best of our limited abilities, of course, according to Hasidus. With Hashem's help, Pesayata Deshmaya. So last week we did the word Odoin, which means master. So this week, or this time, We'll do the word Adnai, which is one of the divine names of HaKadosh Baruch one of Hashem's names. If you're familiar with Torah and Chumash Rashi even, you find that not by every one of the names, but by many of the divine names, the first time the name appears, Rashi will interpret the name, like the name Shakai, like the name Eke, and so on. Um, I don't remember where he explains the name Adnai, Perhaps he doesn't. Um, but it's one of the Shemus Akadashim. It's one of the holy names of Hashem which you're not allowed to erase. In other words, there are many, many words that are allusions to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that are common. They refer to Hashem, but they could also be references to something else, to somebody else. So those names are not considered Shemus Akadashim, not considered sacred names, and you're allowed to erase them, and so on. But the proper names of God, which halachically are seven, and Kabbalistically are ten, they have to be treated very carefully. If you erase them, you're even a lav. You could be chayev malkis. Uh, when people write sifre teda and have to correct them, they can't just erase them. They have to cut them out and paste on a piece of parchment and replace them. And uh, like I said, there are either seven or ten of them. In Kabbalah, there's a sefer which is called Shari Oira from Rebbeisiv Jiktlaya. He was a makubu who lived a very long time ago, way before Darizal and Ramak. I saw some place that Arizal says without his sefer, Shariyoyda, you can't study Kabbalah at all. He wrote other svarim, a big sefer called Guinness Egeis and others, but Shariyoyda is his most famous sefer and is quoted quite frequently in Hasidus. And parenthetically, his Rebbe was Abavram Abu Lefeyeh, who was a very interesting and mysterious character from the Middle Ages that many people were uh, ambivalent about, including Darajba. But it's brought in Svarim that one of the biggest proofs that the Avraham of was a Tzaddik and a Kaddish and a Makubal and a Novi was that he had Talmidim like Yerasev Jeklaya and others who are universally recognized as Gedeli Yisrael or Gedeli HaMakubalim. So his Sefer Shari, it has 10 chapters because he corresponds to the 10 Sfiris and it begins with the names. So Ekye would be for Keser, Ko, Yutke would be for Chochma. Hashem benikud delikim, where you write out the letters yutke vafke, but you make a segel achaylam and achidik, rather than the typical shva achaylam comets, you would make a segel achaylam and achidik, which means Hashem benikud delikim. It's written Hashem, it's pronounced delikim, like you have in the beginning of Pasha's Voschana. And the Rashi explains that, by the way. And of course, then you have Kalis chesed delikim, is gevura, Hashem is teferis. Hashem Tzvokos would be Netzach, Lekim Tzvokos would be Hoid, Yisod you either Shakai or Kel Choy, and Malchus is Adnai. Um, so, in the sequence of Olive Bays, Adnai is sort of next on our list, so we're going to talk about this name, and perhaps if Hashem will help us, and this will work, as we go through the uh, alphabetical order of this glossary, when we get to each one of the Shemis, we'll talk about them. Um, Shem Adnai is a little bit unique, even in Allah, because there are certain 
cases in Nigla where there's a separation between the other names of Hashem, what's called the Shem Amafoydesh, the explicit name of Hashem, when it comes to Magadif, I believe. And the Rambam puts Adnai in the same category as Avai. I find that very interesting. So in a certain interesting kind of way, the name Aleph Dalad Nun Yud is halachically set apart um, from the other names of Agadish Baruch Hu. And uh, obviously, if it's that way halachically, it's because mystically it's that way as well. Now, Kabbalistically, Adnai is Malchus, right? As I mentioned to you before, each one of the names of Hashem corresponds to one of the ten seeds, and Adnai corresponds to Malchus. And it's a name that denotes concealment. Adnai means Hashem is the master over the world, and the beginning or the basis of that mastery is His distance from us. He hides from us, and He governs us not with intimacy and domination, so the name Adnai, which has to do with Malchus, connotes Gvura. In other words, the two names, Alekim and Adnai, both mean Gvura, but Alekim is the Gvura of the Sfiras HaGvura, and Adnai is the Alekim of Sfiras HaMalchus, which makes Adnai much more of a name which is associated with Gvura, even than Shem Alekim. Or in other words, the Gvuras of Adnai are more severe than the Gvuras of Shem Alekim. And sometimes, when we talk about the name Adnai, the name Elikim, we associate both of them with Malchus. And in that case, I've seen cases in the Mabarim of the Rebbe, where the suggestion is, the innuendo is, that Elikim is the name of God which represents a vessel or a garment that covers over light. Adnai represents the godliness of the vessel itself. In other words, Adnai is a much more severe case of Gvura than Elikim is. Elikim is an name which covers but it's covering over the divine revelation of Shema Vaya. So its role is to present light in a diminished way. While the name Adnai mystically represents the godliness of darkness itself. And if you're familiar with the Shari Yichad the Rebbe has this very difficult Sikhe, which is on the last few lines of chapter 4 and all of chapter 5, where he talks about these two ideas, the idea of uh, Elikim covering over Havaya and then Butsina the Kadunisa, the Elokus of 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 of, of Helam itself, and um, I I understand that that's the difference between Shem and Shem Adnai. So Adnai represents concealment, even more so than Shem Elokim, because Elokim means concealment that covers over the light, but it covers over the light partially and lets some of the light through. Adnai represents the godliness of the vessel itself. The vessel itself is dark. There's no light at all. So it's a different kind of godliness, which obviously is much more slower and is a much, much higher source. And that's the concept of Adnai. Now, Adnai is 65. 65. So, of course, the first immediate Rosh Hashanah associated with 65 is Has, right? Hashem Behechel Kotche Has, Mipon of Kol Oret Hei Samach, or Samach Hei, is 65. It's the most concentrated way you can represent those numbers. So there's a connection between the divine name Adnai and the word Has, which means silence. Now, of course, the simple point is that the presence of Hashem in the world makes us quiet. Like you find Ba'omdam Trapena Kanfeim, you find always in Chasidus and Kabbalah, in Tadach, and in Chazal, that when you stand in the presence of Elokus, you go quiet, you go limp. Similarly, when the Eibishter appears in his world, Hashem Behechel Kotche, so Has, the world goes quiet. So that's the first, that's the most immediate understanding of the relationship between the divine name Adnai and quiescence. 
Now, when we talk about quiescence, talk about quiet, silence. So there's two ideas. There's a concept of silence which is seen as being higher than words. Words means revelation, expression. Silence means standing in the presence of a supreme master which quiets you. In other words, when something has a side that's quiet and a side that's loud, the side that's quiet is considered higher because it's closer to Hashem. And the side that's loud is considered lower because it's closer to the world. That's why it's communicating. And the two examples for this would be the word chashmal, which the Rambam talks about, I believe, in Mer Nebuchadnezzar, in the beginning of Chilin Gimel. Chashmal means choshmal, silence and speech. Mal means to talk, chosh means to be quiet. And the same is the word achashveresh. Choshresh, and chosh means to be silent, and resh means to speak. And parenthetically, in the Tafresh Nundalid, from the Rebbe Rashab, the entire Maimit, the Purim Maimit, is about chashmal, and I presume that is because Achashvedish and Chashmal are similar. But in both of those cases, the silence is higher than the speech. A speech means I'm separated from my master, so I'm able to be a leader, a communicator. The silence means I'm in the presence of my master, so I go quiet. So in, that, in those instances, silence is above speech. But on the other hand, there is silence which is beneath speech. Like you have Kerochel of Rochel means a sheep. That when she's being sheared, she goes limp. She goes quiet in front of her shearers. And um, when I was a kid and I learned this in Chesidus, as a teenager, my teachers told me because the wool is very uncomfortable and the sheep are very happy to have the wool sheared off so they become very cooperative. Um, that's how it was explained to me. But the Chesidus explains that hair represents a very small amount of life. And when you, re when you're, when you have so little chayas and you're separating it from its source, uh, there's a quiet. The quiet can be explained in a variety of ways. The quiet means there's a lack of protest. Uh, the quiet means a lack of revelation. So the idea of Rochav, when godliness is reduced very much, it's quiet because there's no power. So there's two sides to this notion of silence. And when it comes to Shem Adnai, as I mentioned to you before, when Hashem is revealed as the master of the world, the world goes quiet, but there's also the concept of Malchus itself being quiet. Uh, which has to do with the fact that Malchus is reduced. It's very, very limited. Another gematria associated with Shem Adnai is the word Heichal. Hey, Yud Chaf Lamed is the gematria 65, and it's also associated with Malchus because Heichal, the palace, represents the lowest level, right? You have Esesfiris, Oides, and Kalim, Levushim, and Heicholis. Heichal means the palace. The palace is the large room that holds the furniture, that holds the people living in the palace, including the king. So the parameters, the greatest parameters, are the walls of the palace. So uh, they represent, in each world, godliness on its most diminished level. And the consistency between Adnai, Alaftal, Nun Yud, which is 65, and Heichel, which is 65, because it's in Malchus that you have the Heicholis, so the lowest levels of each world, that you have peripheral ideas, that you have things which are very far removed from the depth of that world. Think about it in the case of a person. The sphetus of a person, the ten spheres of a person is the brain and the heart. The hecholus would be the arms and the legs and the secondary organs. And the argument is that when it comes to the, to the realm of ideas and feelings, everything is primary. When you come to lesser things, like physical actions and even physical speech, this is where you have peripheral Aspects, and that's the mystical concept of Heichel. And that explains why Heichel is also connected to to um, to Sfiris HaMalchus, to Adnai, to 65. It's also true, of course, that in each world there's a concept of the Beis HaMikdash, 
of that world is represented by Malchus. Godliness rests there. In other words, the walls have inside themselves the vessels, and inside the vessels you have the presence of the Shekhinah and Kedusha and so on, which is, of course, a more positive uh, concept. Now, another idea which is very much, very important, which is which is mentioned in the Shari Yichad Vemunah, parenthetically, in the Shari Yichad Vemunah, the Alter Rebbe explains three names. He explains the name Havaya, I think, in chapter 4. He explains the name Elikim in chapter 6, and he explains the name Adnai in the beginning of chapter 7. And Adnai means that you're the Adnai the Chol Secha, that you're master over the world. You know, the famous Medrish that Adnai Medrishin was told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he's smarter than the Malachi Asharis, than the angels of service, because they were not able to name the creations, and Adnai Medrishin was able to give names to the creations. And Adnai Medrishin gave each creation a name based on its physical features. And looked at the physical animal and was able to determine the oasis of the Sodomamara as the letters of the divine creation that was sustaining that animal. And after Adamisha gave names to all the various different creations, Hashem said to me, when God Almighty saw how good he was, he asked him, What's my name? So there's different Midrashim. But the standard, the classic Midrash is, it's most appropriate to call you Adnai. Not Hashem, not Olakim, Adnai. Sha'ata Odin Lechol because you're the master of all your creations. And again, in Shari Yichad Vemun, in the beginning of chapter 7, he brings it as well. The concept here is this. God can have a variety of relationships with his world. He can have a relationship like a father. He can have a relationship like a teacher. He can have a relationship like an officer. Those relationships are all relationships based on closeness, proximity. A father and children are obviously very close. Teachers and students are not as close, but they're also close. Hashem wants to be a king. The relationship between a king and a subject is by definition distant. The greater the king, the more distant the subjects are from him. The catch is that you shouldn't be so far away from the king that he stops being your king. In other words, far but not too far. That's why the greater the king the greater the possibility for distance, and yet he's still the king. And when you're talking about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, obviously that's the maximum. When Hashem is called Odin, the master of all of the creations, Hashem is maximally distant from us, but he's our king, he embraces us. So the name Adnai denotes the idea that we're his servants and he's our master. So the Altarebbe brings this he introduces us to the expression, which is not really in Chazal, it's in Sfarim. Ein melech am. There cannot be a king without a nation. And he interprets the word am to mean when coals are going out, when they're simmering, when they're dying, they're called weak. The king's relationship to his subject is that the subjects are very low. They're not as equals, they're not intelligent, they're not potential kings. They're subjects, and that's what makes them his subjects and him their king, because the king-subject relationship is based on distance, and it's called shlita, domination, dictatorship, control. It's not an intimate relationship, it's not a relationship based on closeness, it's based on distance. And practically, or in avoida, this means that he's our master, right? we're your subjects. And you're our master, right? Or onu avadecha We're your servants, and you're our king. So, of course, the discussion Hasidus has, as I explained it when I told you about the word adon, is that when you relate to God, not based on how much you appreciate Him, 
but on submission to him. You're more connected to him than you'll be in any other medium, in any other way. And this is associated with the divine name Adnai. Hashem hides himself so there should be a world, so he can be not a father to children, a teacher to students, but a master to subjects, because this is the maximum degree of giving from creation to creator, is when you give as a servant, not as somebody who's sophisticated and proximate to his master. And of course, in conclusion, I just want to mention that the Gemara says, the tradition by Jews is that outside the Beis HaMikdash and even in the times of the Beis HaMikdash when things were not so proper, they stopped saying the divine name Havaya, Kiksov. They stopped saying Yud Kevavke as you're supposed to. The Gemara talks about Zabtarfen, that he heard the older Koyanim being Mavliya, the Sheim HaMafedish, swallowing the Sheim HaMafedish as the Koyanim were Duchening, were saying Berchas Koyanim in the Nigina, in the musics that nobody else would hear them pronounce the Sheim HaMafedish. But they stopped using the divine name Yudke Vavke and we use the name only Adnai instead. Because Havaya is considered too sacred, too holy. And the Gemara says, In this life, Hashem's name is written Hashem and it's pronounced Adnai. And it's written Hashem and it's pronounced Adnai. So there's two things here. There is the divine name Adnai, it's a separate thing. Like in the beginning of Pashas Vayera, where Avraham Avinu says Adnai. Uh, and Rashi says that according to one interpretation this is a shame Kodesh as the Gemara speaks about it and then of course there are cases in the Torah where God has written Adnai it's not Havaya and pronounced Adnai that's a special name of Hashem then there's the other idea that his name is Yud Kevavke but we don't pronounce it that way because it's too holy and we're not on that level so we say Adnai instead so that use of Adnai is really a Havaya that we're we're saying Hashem is not revealed to us, so we relate to Him from a distance, so He's our Master, even though we're talking about the level of godliness that's about revelation. And of course, this is why in many Sadudim you'll find that when Hashem's name is supposed to be in the Siddur, there'll be two Yuds. The first Yud will be the first letter of Shem Havaya, the second Yud will be the last letter of Shem Adnai, to indicate that it's written Hashem and it's pronounced Adnai. That's a very, very different thing than the conversation we're having now. I think it's enough.